2: It's Rick Tittle!
3: then, TGI, you know the rest. It's too hard to say the whole thing, TGI. See, I just, I can't get through it. But we are here for you, Rick Tittle, downtown San Francisco, California. Great to have you with us as we get you ready for your sporting weekend for the next three hours. Live calls from you. Y'all send your calls. So get in the queue and we will talk to you. 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529 one 800 7529 It's already January 17th. Where has the decade gone? I know. Three-day weekend for a lot of you. Recognizing Martin Luther King Day coming up on uh, Monday. Hope you get the uh, day off for that. Um, whatever is going on in your sporting world, though, this is why we're here. And the great thing about this show, <laughs> is I'm so great. No, is that I'll talk about any sport you would like. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto-racing, boxing, Olympics, put a all about, chess, checkers, rugby, cricket. Yeah, that's right. We'll do it together at the toll-free line. 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. Our friend Jan Wall, movie expert extraordinaire. She's going to come in at around 925 today. Uh, she's got a friend. Also, uh, Byron Bowers from Sketchfest will be in. We'll also have uh, Steve Batista, a guy who spent a decade... At Under Armour. Okay, we'll figure out what that is. And then Jasmine St. Clair, the former wrestler and uh, sex symbol, will be. You never know who's going to show up. Such an eclectic show, The Ghost of Napoleon. Who knows? 1 800 878 play. 1 800 878 7529. Also uh, around the world on American forces. Big shout out to our troops getting ready for a three way three day weekend as well. Tune in app, My Heart Radio app. There I
1: am on Twitch. Come on back.
4: Here's a great way to save money on your prescription medications. If you take Viagra or Cialis, we can give you a way to pay as little as $2 a pill. Compare that to prices as high as $60 per tablet. These pills work for men and women to improve their sexual performance. And now for the price of two or three pills, you can get nearly 100 There's no need to pay expensive prices for Viagra or Cialis. Call now with your prescription and pay as little as $2 a pill. We offer 24-7 service and always free delivery in confidential packaging. Change your life for the better and have fun. Call Pharmacy Shop 24-7 to get generic versions of Viagra or Cialis for as little as $2 a pill, plus free
1: discreet shipping. 800-709-4409. 800-709-4409. 800-709-4409.
5: Products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term.
3: Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle, isn't he so handsome? He's a genius. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the world. This segment's wide open. Get in and get heard as we talk sports at Uh, 1-800-878-PLAY. Email's rick at sportsbyline.com. This email here is from Chris, who says, um, Rick, are you taking McGregor on Saturday night, and why wouldn't you? Um, I had to look that up. I didn't know that Conor McGregor was fighting. He's fighting someone named Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get a name. I'm sure he has a name. So, um, like I said, I, I, I'll talk about any sport you want. I've had MMA wrestlers in here. I was on national television one time. Fox. Was in here. They did an interview and they aired it on national TV before American Idol. I mean, like I said, I've, I like MMA. I like every athlete. I have no idea who's fighting whom unless they're in here. I've never heard of Cowboy in my life. So I'm the wrong person to ask. Um, but um, I would probably think that a guy named Cowboy is probably just uh, some big dope who's going to cash a check and more power to him? go out there and get punched in the face and kicked in the crotch a few times and cash in. Cowboy. Somebody can call me and if they really want to and tell me their real name. But we've got the championship games coming up. And you think about um, the game at Arrowhead and the game out here at Levi's. Rick, are you going? No. No, I'm not going. Sorry. Uh, but <laughs> I think about, um, you know, the how we need to break it down, we need to take a look, and both teams, the home team is favored by touchdowns. I mean, this is supposed to be sort of a fait accompli that we're going to have two red teams in the uh, superb owl down there in uh, Miami. But just one little tidbit. Um, it's a bit of tid, and that is the fact that Kyler Murray is in the news today. Because he talked about maybe playing a little baseball again. What? Wait, what? Blah, 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 blah. If you thought he'd move past big baseball, you are mistaken now. He was, a, uh, of course, the first overall choice in football. That was his dream. But we also know that he was a first-round pick of the Oakland A's, and he signed a $4.66 million contract, and he was supposed to report to spring training because you know he was the texas high school player of the year twice and he had in football and he had won two state championships and he had sat behind baker mayfield and at oklahoma yet another transfer and it's like uh all right well let's go ahead and let him play football for a year and But he has no future in the NFL. He's too little, and he runs around. I mean, come on. Be real. That guy's not going to play in the NFL. That's what everybody said, and he believed it. But then he got so hyped because he was so good, and he won a Heisman, and he was the first overall pick, as I mentioned. So he followed his dream. And so the A's did not get compensation because you get compensation if you can't sign your pick. They did sign him. And I could have hated on him, but I didn't. He had every intention of going until his dream came true. He was a football player who played baseball. There's a big difference. And by the way, Murray is the only player in the history of either sport to be in the All-American high school baseball game and the All-American high school baseball game that Under Armour does. And so, as I said, um, you know his uh, he went to play football, and his first NFL season is in the books, and he was talking to the Arizona Republic. This is why we have this news today, and he said quote, "I think that I could play both pro sports Athleti- athletically, I think, yeah, I could do it. I've been playing both my whole life. I would love to add to that resume." Now, if he does try to go to MLB, the A's hold on to his rights. It's not as if a two-sport career hasn't been done before. We saw it with Deion Sanders. We saw it with Bo Jackson. We saw it with others. It's exceedingly rare to see it done nowadays for a variety of reasons. The first is risk of injury, and no NFL team wants to see their superstar, particularly if he's a franchise quarterback, risk himself and some other league for some other team. And... You know, you just think about the fact that it's not like he's playing uh, linebacker. Not that that's not complicated, but there's nothing more complicated than being a quarterback. But Murray is a guy who just wants to get that baseball thing off his list. He said, I don't understand why in sports they tried to marginalize it. They try to make you pick one, and I get it, but we'll see. I think it would be fun. Right now, though, I'm just focused on football. And I go, oh, well, for how long? And I'm sure the Cardinals are like, you know what? <laughs> this is really, this is really lame. I mean, it really is. We we sign you, uh, we bring you in, and then you're talking to a paper about how. You, what, I think what this is. Don't worry, Cardinals fans. This is just a guy talking. Football season's over, and he's looking at baseball thinking, yeah, you know, I went to a press conference, and I was there with Billy Bean and Bob Melvin, and I had an A's hat on and a jersey. And, you know, when when you think you're going to do something, I get it. I mean, until I was 16, all I ever wanted to be was a Marine. Uh, I knew for a fact that I was going to go into the military. I just knew it. That's all I wanted to do was to be in the United States Marine Corps. And once I started playing football and everything, because I always wondered, am I tough enough? Am I tough enough? And I was playing football and knocking people out and getting knocked out. And I thought, you know what? I'm tough enough. I can do this. And then then you're a junior and you're the quarterback and you have a girlfriend and you think about playing in college and you're like, eh, maybe I don't want to go in the Marines. (laughs) This is pretty fun right now. That's why I bow down to people who are listening who are in the military or who have served because you put those things aside. You put away the fun, and I think for the rest of your life, that's a great thing. I mean you go into the – like you don't even go to college. You just go into the Navy or the Air Force, whatever, 18 to 22. You come out. You can go to college then, but for the rest of your life, you're a vet, you know, and I just think that's an amazing thing to have. And it's not like, oh, I regret my life, but I never – I always thought I would do it, and I never did. And so it's always been something that um, – I'm not going to say I wish I had done it because that means I want to change my past, but I just um, – it was my dream. Like I wanted to go to Annapolis, but I didn't have the grades. Now, after touring West Point a couple of years ago, that would have been my dream school, to go to West Point. Oh, my gosh. I would just go to the the military museum there every day and just walk around (laughs) and just hang out there. But anyway, I digress. Kyler Murray is going to make big headlines today by saying, oh, baseball. He's just talking to somebody with the Arizona Republic. That's all it is. And they're going, what about baseball? And he's like, yeah, I don't know why we have to do just one. I mean, I think I could do it someday. But right now I'm talking about football. Well, the fact of the matter is if he does want to come back, He's only going to come back to one organization. And the A's have been really cool about it. The A's could have been totally molded for sure by saying, you sign with us, we're taking core, blah, Major League Baseball, we want our pick back. I mean, it would have been embarrassing, but they could have done it. You know what else is embarrassing? And I, I try to stay off Twitter with this kind of stuff because it would just create a firestorm. I don't think Mike Fires is Gandhi. Did he give back his World Series ring that he won when he was on a team that cheated? Did he do it? He's no hero, okay? Now, look, everyone involved – I love baseball, and this puts a really black eye on baseball right now. Everyone involved is bad. The snitch is also I – don't, I don't admire anyone in this whole thing. Now, Mike Fires didn't cheat, and I'm not trying to say he was a cheater. I'm not trying to say, you know, oh, keep your mouth shut. I'm just saying I don't think it's noble. You know, I just I just don't turn in your World Series ring, turn in your World Series bonus money. Then, then we can start talking about how Mike fires is Gandhi. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
1: We are the Debt Destroyer Network. Any debt you have, credit card, tax, student loan debt. Call now for free information that helps you destroy your debt. It's great advice. Plus, when you make this free call now, we have debt destroyer experts ready to help. They can show you how to destroy your debt and get your life back on track. Debt problems don't have to be overwhelming. You can live stress-free and debt-free. That's 877 360 0402.
6: I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really
7: worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever.
6: Hey, look, I, I never wanted to start using I, I knew the drill, but I was out of options.
7: I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help.
1: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800 338 6906. 800 338 6906. That's 800 338 6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
8: Oh, I would love that. And then maybe afterwards we can go field herping. That's when you go out (laughs) and you look for reptiles.
9: Rick Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey.
3: All right. Uh, thanks for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast, border to border, and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network, as you can see on Twitch. We have Jan Wall with the multicolored hair. Happy, That's right. Happy New Year, Jan. Hey,
10: happy New Year, Rick, you, one we, of my favorite humans on the planet. Aw,
3: thank you so much. Likewise. And we missed you last week. You were a little under the weather. It's,
10: I certainly was. I certainly was. I had this creepy, crawly cough that some people have had. It went away, thank God. You
3: were a little verklempt.
10: Verklempt. Yes. But it gave me a chance to (laughs) lay in bed and read my trashy Hollywood books. I read so many biographies, autobiographies, Mm -hmm. all kinds of great stuff of stars, of filmmakers. I read a great one on Billy Wilder this time. Uh, And also, uh, you know, watching movies. I mean, Um, it's not that bad.
3: Coming up in the next segment, along with Jan, we're going to have uh, Ellie Mednick, who's the executive director of the Lark Theater over there on Larksboro Magnolia.
10: Yeah, you know what's interesting about that, Rick?
3: Mm -hmm.
10: How does a theater, a movie theater, stay in business right now, 2020? Mm -hmm. How? I mean, are they digital? Are they film? What do they play? Everybody watches on the phones now. Everybody streams. Why should they go to theaters? How do you stay in business?
3: Isn't it weird how the collected – I was thinking about that the other day. The collective experience, and of course, movie theaters have gone the extra mile by making these big, beautiful lounge chairs that right. can recline. Right, it's better like you, food. Right, because you're, you, you know, all the food options. Mm-hmm. There's something about the mm-hmm. collective experience. Why, mm-hmm. um, like we say that about sports? You mm-hmm. have a high def TV, you get to see the game much better than in the stadium. Mm-hmm. So why do these games sell out? It's I think it's a communal thing.
10: I agree. The idea of having a uh, shared experience, shared emotion mm-hmm. is so great, especially in this culture where we get a little impersonal. You know, it's really gr- a lot impersonal. It's really great to be able to share laughter, tears, mm-hmm. uh, any feeling uh, is, is really good. And I, I think people love seeing movies with each other I and th- sports.
3: Yes. I thought about you during the um, the Golden Globes. Because Renee Zellweger mm-hmm. was much lauded for yes. the Judy Garland movement. Remember, said the one thing that really annoyed you is that Big time. there was no lip syncing. So you didn't get the Judy effect. That's right. You didn't you know? get
10: the Judy experience because they didn't use Judy's voice, as they should have. It's a chance to a whole new audience to hear Judy's voice. No one sounds like Judy Garland ever mm-hmm. or ever will. Okay, And if you don't know that, listen to Judy. Listen to her at the end. It's still Judy. It would have been such, a, because everything else about that movie, I think, was perfection. So I'm really sorry that they t- made that, bo- what I consider a boneheaded decision not to use Judy's real voice.
3: You know, it's funny. I was, I was talking to somebody the other day from uh, not our generation, but I talk about The Wizard oh, of Oz. Oh, older? Just, you know, <laughs> like us. Oh, older. okay. Um, when, when The Wizard of Oz was on TV,
11: mm-hmm.
3: we watched it as a country. Mm-hmm. You know, it mm-hmm. was like, you know, when Charlie Brown's Christmas or, you mm-hmm. know, Rudolph, it was on at one time mm-hmm. and we all watched together as a country. And right. it's it's an experience that people don't have. now. everything's on demand. Mm-hmm. And it, and I think because Julie Garland was so beloved as Dorothy,
11: mm-hmm.
3: do you, how much of that was just we she was such a part of Americana. I mean, I saw her shoes in the Smithsonian. Me, too. Um,
10: <laughs> wow, what a big deal that was! Oh, I know the ruby slippers. <laughs> forget it.
3: But how? I
10: love how they have the lights shining on it. Oh, the the whole know. room is nothing but about that. That was
3: one of the highlights. Yeah. I know. So it's like forget the moon landing. I want to see this.
10: Right. Right. Um,
3: <laughs> But You're how much
10: St. Louis back, you know, <laughs> give me the booby
3: slipper. Yeah, liked like Hitler. <laughs> but the whole thing about her is like how much of it was raw talent and how mm. much of it was will we just love her because she's Dorothy?
10: Excellent question. Okay, first of all, it's not just cuz she's Dorothy. I'm still upset I'm still seething that the Academy did not recognize her in a Star is born. The star a Star is born, Judy's version with James Mason, that's Mm -hmm. the one. That's the one. Sorry, but that's the one. Mm -hmm. And she should have won. She lost that year. Made me crazy. Mm. And uh she should have won and she was nominated, but she didn't win. So I am really uh still upset about that. Um so Judy, how much is she um I think some people are just born, I guess, being touched by some kind of talent because Mm -hmm. if you watch Judy, like Fred said, Fred Astaire said this when he was making Easter parade with her. He said the only problem with working with Judy, the only problem, because everybody from Gene Kelly to Donald O'Connor said nobody learned a song faster, a dance routine faster than Judy. But he said, Fred said, the only trouble working with Judy is that nobody looks at anybody else. You if know. <laughs> you watch Judy, even with Fred, even right. the be a clown number, any number of things in Easter Parade, you watch Judy. I remember with Fred. What
3: was the movie that Roddy McDowell did with Elizabeth Taylor when they were really young?
10: Uh, uh, was let me it think. Disney uh, movie? Uh, I think. Uh, oh, was, it okay. the was oh, 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 it's um the horse the wh- movie. Yeah, yeah, National Velvet.
3: That's it. Yeah, and I remember he was interviewed and he said he said I every time it was Elizabeth Taylor was the heart mm-hmm. and what was she like you know fourteen I right remember. right right he said. She was so beautiful right. that mm-hmm. I couldn't act. I was too distracted. <laughs> right, right, by that. right. Yeah.
10: Well, she—if you look at her in those days, and actually her whole twenties and thirties, she—you can't really look at anything else on the screen. She is mm-hmm. so stunning.
3: That was worth different than Mrs. Larry Fortensky. Ah yeah. (laughs) Remember the guy in rehab?
10: Hey, but they were both sober, so that's That's something.
3: Seven marriages?
10: I think seven, eight. I think eight, because she married uh, Burton twice.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah.
10: I mean, wouldn't that be confusing? Think about it, Rick. (laughs) I could barely remember my husband's name most of the time. But what's
3: great is that Mm -hmm. she could could still refer to him as her ex,
10: even though they're married. Uh, Yeah.
3: It's like when Mitch Hedberg had the Uh joke, he goes, I used to do drugs. I do drugs now, but I also used to do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those things. All right, Jan Wall is with us, film critic extraordinaire, and I understand you rub some uh, pretty important shoulders down there in the in the desert of in Palm the Springs. Desert,
10: Palm Springs. This was unbelievable. I have had a life, blessed life, mm-hmm. uh, and I still have it more than ever now of meeting famous people. It's just. That's part of the gig. Mm -hmm. And really famous people. Plus, I grew up, well, beside for you, which is so (laughs) exciting, I can barely breathe. But uh, I grew up, you know, I grew up with famous people in West LA. So uh, it's just really terrific part of my life. And I have never been in a room with this many famous people, and I got to be close to them because somehow a mistake was made, and I was put at the American Express table. Mm. And I—I I mean, I was right there with all of them. What that was, was the right event? up front. It was the Palm Springs International Film Festival Gala, mm. and it's the day—it's the night before the uh, Golden Globes, so everybody was on their way to the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. So. Jennifer Lopez. I mean, everybody you can think of, you know, Lopez, Tarantino, Scorsese, De Niro, um, uh, Charlize Theron, mm-hmm. who I hope wins an Oscar because um, I love Bombshell and I love her in it so much. Uh, Renee Zellweger, talk about Judy. Um, I mean, everybody's My my hero, Zach Gotze- Gotziger from uh, Peanut Butter Falcon, who I heard mm-hmm. you interviewed.
3: I had him on the show.
10: Love him. Mm-hmm. okay? And I got to hug him and talk mm-hmm. to him and Great. talk about uh, – Down syndrome, and just what a joy. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, De Niro was my favorite. He was just, uh, he is so gutsy. I mean, whatever you agree on politics or not, he just gets out there and says it. Mm -hmm. He says it. I mean, he's just crazy good. Mm -hmm. And Tarantino gave a very good talk, excellent, about the need, and this is what I want to talk to Ellie about, who runs a theater, a successful theater, single screen in Larkspur, um, about uh, film not going away. The yeah. digital cannot overtake film. It's very important to keep that buttery texture of mm-hmm. film, to keep that art, you know, artistic look.
3: Do you know what's weird for me is I was watching a movie that I really liked called Zodiac.
10: Uh-huh.
3: Great movie. San Francisco mm-hmm. movie. Yes, very and, San And uh, I think it's underrated because it's really, really good.
10: A great cast, too. A
3: great cast with uh, Hall and Ruffalo and, mm-hmm. and a lot of great actors. But I have a, a new TV that's 4K, ultra-high-def. Oh, boy. It looks so good. Mm-hmm. And this movie was made before this stuff was out.
10: I know.
12: And it
3: looks way better now. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. This, I mean.
10: Okay. Can I tell you yeah. about high-def? This is the way I look at high-def. I know it looks good. I know it's great. I know it's fabulous for sports. You know, mm-hmm. my husband goes crazy for it. But. I've been on TV uh, like for a long time, yeah. and if you have any kind of zit, <laughs> <laughs> any kind of blemish, all I
3: am is a six foot two zit.
10: I know you die, <laughs> you die. I mean, men had to start wearing all my colleagues had to start wearing all kinds of makeup. Oh. oh man! When I used I to know. do this,
3: I used to do this uh, TV show about mm-hmm. uh, ten years ago. It was a sports panel show called Chronicle Live. They would spray paint my face like Earl Scheib. Scheib! <laughs> my eyebrows, my eyelashes, and I go, I guess the complaint about me was I wasn't albino enough. Well,
10: why would they? I, I don't, don't
3: know, but the, they'd They'd say, you know, purse your lips, close your eyes, and then psss, my whole face.
10: Wow. wow. I know,
3: I know. And then I end up, you know, I came on and I yelled, Soylent Green is people. And then I went <laughs> off the air.
10: Why? That's so odd. It
3: is. So, but listen, you don't need any makeup, darling. We know that. Yeah. Come on.
10: It, it costs a lot to look this cheap. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good line. I know. That's Dolly Parton.
3: Oh, okay. Ah, the
10: great, the wonderful, the supreme.
3: I remember when uh, Siskel and Ebert did 9 to 5 Review, mm. and they said Dolly Parton, the singer, is the biggest natural they had ever seen. Just right. come on the screen mm-hmm. and act like she was a Hollywood vet. We are going to talk movies. On the other side, we're also going to bring in Jan's friend, Ellie Mednick, who runs the Lark Theater. Uh, she'll join us as well. one 800 I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
9: At Booking.com, our search filters make it easy to book the perfect place to stay to check off any New Year's resolution. Want to be more active this year? Book a resort with a fitness center at Booking.com. Check. Want to shorten your commute? Book a ski lodge right by the lifts at Booking.com. Check. Or do you want to worry less in 2020? Then book a vacation home with a relaxing hot tub. Check. At Booking.com, there's a booking for every resolution. Download the app and book now. Shaq Sports Hour. Sports fans, we're talking all-time most heartbreaking moments. You're on. Shaq, I sent my husband to get an Epson EcoTank printer, and he bought the wrong printer. Ooh, that's bad. But as far as sports... He bought one with cartridges. Yeah, cartridges are a pain, the but... The EcoTank is cartridge-free. It comes with a ridiculous amount of ink. Your husband owes you big time. Let me talk to him. Already taken care of. He's giving me a foot massage right now. Say hi, dear. Hey, Shaq. Nice. nice. Sports, <laughs>
0: hour. sports Hour. Sponsored by Epson EcoTank. Just fill and chill. Get your Epson EcoTank at Staples today.
4: The NBA season is off and rolling, and we're down to the Final Four in the NFL. And now you can get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and make your bets on your favorite teams. Every spread, every total, every winner, every loser. Straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. And like I said, it's conference championship time in the NFL, and you can follow all the lines at BetOnline.ag. The early game on Sunday features Cinderella, Tennessee on the road at KC, a touchdown favorite with a total in the low 50s. And on Sunday evening, Green Bay heads to San Francisco as a touchdown dog with a total in the mid 40s. Who will reign supreme and hoist the conference championship hardware? Before the next kickoff, head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code COACH55 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bring the playoffs home with our exclusive sportsbook partner, betonline.ag. It doesn't really matter. I, uh, I don't like my job, and uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore.
9: Rick Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
3: Thank you for that. I don't know what that means. Welcome back to the show. I don't either.
9: I I love dogs.
3: Whenever a dog barks, I see lightning. Maybe that's thunder I'm thinking of.
10: It's time for a therapist. Rick
3: (laughs) Rick Tittle and Jan Wall with you coast to coast around the world on American Forces. And we're very happy to be joined on the line by Ellie Mednick, who's the executive director of the Lark Theater over there on Magnolia Street, which is a great Great place. Ellie, how often do you go to Left Bank for a Kronenborg? board?
13: <laughs> That's a very good question. Uh, just about daily. Yeah.
10: Oh, the food at Left Bank is amazing. Hi, Ellie. It's Jan. How are you?
13: Hello, Jen. Hi, nice doll. to hear your voice this morning. Thank
10: you. I'm so glad to talk to you. Uh, yeah, Left Bank is right next door. Amazing French restaurant. But does she Crazy go to the Silver Peso? Yeah, probably. <laughs> you
13: go down there after <laughs> We don't after talk about that. <laughs>
10: <laughs> but
13: that's the uh, shady part of our life. Yeah. I
10: want to just say about Lark, the Lark Theater. I've been going there for many, many years. And there's lots of parking. There's this whole parking lot across the street. There's lots of parking. Mm-hmm. And it is a lovely single-screen theater. Where well, you still get the feeling we were talking earlier about uh, this idea of seeing a movie with other people, so you get a lot of like-minded people. And Ellie does very interesting programming because not only are there, you know, new movies like A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood right now is playing there, and many others, but <clears throat> excuse me, but um, it's also. She does things like I went there and I saw. Tell me if you know who this is, Rick, because you're pretty smart. Hieronymus Bosch, a story about Hieronymus Bosch. I
3: do not know. Docu-
10: that. Okay, he's an artist who lived what in the 1500s or something. He was it's an early, early surrealist. She does all kinds of art movies as documentaries, as well as wow. opera, as well as fine theater. I mean, Ellie has done remarkable, right,
13: Ellie? Uh, I'm having a ball, of course. It was so delicious seven years ago when they sort of handed me a theater that was not in great shape and said do something with it. So I was very fortunate to come across a guy, Jeffrey Jacobs, who's a film programmer back east, and he came out and took a look at us and said, you know, I think being open during the day would be a really good start. And the second way to go is really mix your programming up. Uh, with not only movies, but you've got all this wonderful live broadcast from New York and London and Russia. And, you know, what else can you do? But let's really open it up to our community. And so we just went to work and had just a wonderful time seeking out the best of uh, fine arts broadcasting from all over the world. And then the big uh,
10: screen, which looks amazing.
13: It looks great. It's so, and of course, you get the best seat in the house if you're at the Bolshoi or at mm-hmm. the Metropolitan mm-hmm. Opera. We offer the best seat that anybody could get in their real settings, and then we started skirting out for even further broadcast things like the uh, the Shakespeare Festival in Canada uh, and all kinds of other broadcast People stage are so Russia. Excited. We have French oh. programming, and giving this really long day starting at ten o'clock in the morning, we've got room to provide uh, at least six to eight different movies a week, which we move around sort of in a checkerboard so everyone gets a chance to see them. But,
10: Ellie, you also have these new movies, all the new hot movies that everybody wants to see.
13: Yes, we How do, do have fit the new those movies.
10: those
13: We have to wait a little bit. We're not exactly first run, but we get them within a couple of weeks. And, of yeah. course, now that it's Oscar time, mm-hmm. we get them all very quickly. Everybody wants us to have them, so mm-hmm. out they come. But uh, it's been just such a, a joy to create um, something really unique. It's just got a great community feeling. You were talking, Jan, about people watching movies together, and there's certainly everything available on streaming right now. But to come together in a place where you walk in the door and our many volunteers, we have 80 volunteers, if you can imagine, our volunteers welcome you there. Our our people behind concessions offer a huge variety of food. Our box office says welcome. So it's a very warm and welcoming place, and people have responded beautifully.
3: How hard is it, Ellie, when, I mean, sometimes we get a little spoiled, and someone can come in and say, you know, in Novato they got a reclining leather seat. Where's where's your reclining leather seat? I mean, do you?
13: Well, we've we've got partially reclining velvet seats, so they're very comfortable. <laughs> mm-hmm. When well, the theater was redone in 2004, and it was redone uh, in this original style, but updated and it made it uh, far fewer seats, uh, but much bigger seats and wider aisles. So I have long legs, and I can stretch my legs straight ahead in the tall. next aisle. So we've got very comfortable lean back chairs. But uh, we don't food the, serve the food on the trays and have your legs up uh, as a couch, but it's very comfortable.
10: Yeah, it really is. And, um, okay, ready for some name-dropping, Ellie? This is pretty serious. So uh, two weeks ago I was at the Palm Springs International Film Festival Gala. Yeah. So I was talking with Tarantino and Scorsese. Hello. <laughs> well, and uh, they, we were talking about digital versus film. Mm-hmm. Where are you on that?
13: Oh, we're on digital. We mm-hmm. we changed to digital uh, eight years ago. We were forced to. I mean, if you wanted to get movies, you had to go digital. You have to do
10: it. You ha- Rick, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have a choice. Yeah, yeah and it was yeah.
13: really a huge burden financially for small theaters like ourselves. Luckily, we managed it.
10: What kind but, of money are we talking about to go digital?
13: Uh, well... Let's see, I think it was $575,000 was the outlay. That's what Rick
10: gets paid every year. Yeah, and that's
13: really, really tough. A lot of theaters closed. They just couldn't
10: That's why you lost a lot of your small theaters. Yeah. Well, I wish more theaters did the kind of incredibly exciting programming you do and just the way you run it. So um, we do an an Oscar event. Yeah, we do we, an
13: incredible Oscar event. Tell us more. It, it's coming up soon, much sooner than any of us planned. It's about mm-hmm. two to three weeks earlier than it usually is. It's February on February ninth, yeah. Sunday, February 9th. And it threw us a little bit of a curve because we have all the stuff going on at holidays, Christmas time, and we had to suddenly switch gears, get into gala. And so it is our fundraising gala for the year. It's a big party for us and with what we have on screen this year, I'm not really terribly excited about the nominations or some of the movies that are up there. But, we'll listen uh, to you,
10: girl. <laughs> we'll have to talk about
13: that. We'll have to talk about that. Mm-hmm. So what we're offering, in addition to that, is a, a great party. So we have order, We have a red carpet, believe it or not, and there's Jan outside. That's with right. Mic. I'm
10: on the red carpet you, going, what do you like? What are you uh, hoping for? Whose dress do you, uh, you want to see? You don't
3: let Jan in? No, I'm not I, no, no, no. She gets in <laughs> later, just later.
13: Just, uh, we have I to keep yeah. her outside for a while. <laughs> and right. she's and she's terrific. She's so terrific on the red carpet. And she's asking people about their clothes. People do dress. We have oh yeah, they dress as their
10: favorite movie or their favorite oh, star. Oh. I mean, they even come as Dorothy. I mean, I'm coming be as old...
3: Pizza the Hut from Spaceballs.
10: Oh my God, <laughs> you're that is welcome. So scary. But also during the breaks, during the commercials, that's what makes it so much fun to me. Is I get to say, "What do you think of that speech? What do you think of that dress?" Oh. So there's all this stuff going on in the ads, and then. And they, they serve dinner. They serve hors d'oeuvres. Wow. It's We have cannot... hors d'oeuvres.
13: We have champ-free. F- it's all part of the ticket price, a very reasonable ticket price, mm-hmm. and it includes champagne, hors d'oeuvres, and then we have uh, – they're box suppers, but they're really nice from World wraps oh, yeah. Really, where do, we,
3: uh, where do we go for tickets?
13: Uh, you go to the, to the Lark Theater box office. You call 415-924-5100. And you get your tickets, or you can go online, Mm -hmm. larktheater.net, and you go right to the site and order your tickets online. It's reserved seating.
3: Ellie, I wanted to ask you, because you said you weren't happy with some of the uh, nominations. Um, A comedian I like, Mark Norman, put out a Mm -hmm. tweet, and he said, What kind of world are we living in now that that we're upset that Adam Sandler doesn't get an Oscar (laughs) nomination? (laughs)
13: Wow. That's very funny, but I, I haven't seen Uncut Gems, but I've hear he's. i seen the previews, and he looks wonderful. But oh, I avoided The great, Joker, and then that it great. ends up with 11 nominations. I was just astounded. Mm-hmm.
10: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And oh,
13: yeah. uh, some of the other things, I you know, I, I love Marriage Story. I haven't seen Little Women. Parasite, oh, I hope, walks away with it. You're love Little Women.
10: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved and,
3: Parasite.
13: What about Parasite? Oh, it's wonderful. Love Parasite it, yeah. was wonderful. The ending was a little choking, but it yeah. was... It was fantastic movie.
11: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So
13: you know, I'm I'm with some of those, but some some of the nominations are sort of throwing me. I mean, eleven nominations for Joker is what threw me. Yeah. That's
10: that's not a good. That's sad news to me. Uh, Did you see Bombshell yet?
13: Not yet. No, we don't have it yet. We'll probably get it next week.
10: Good, Ellie. I've known you for many years. Please see Bombshell. I
13: definitely plan to see it. I've seen tons of previews from it. It looks fantastic. Yeah. So, there are, there are good movies out there. It's so but it just, fun I on think, the
10: big screen to see the Oscars, just back to this Oscar party. Because yeah. the clothes, I mean, I don't know if you saw the Critics' Choice Award, but the clothes are, are the Golden Globes. Gold I mean, Globes this is, I people are really fashioning it up oh, men yeah, and we're women. Hoping just Billy Porter alone. No, mm. oh my.
13: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he stole the show. I mean, really, yeah, that man harder. can wear a dress. Yeah, <laughs> but the fashions are gorgeous. The mm-hmm. women, of course, are gorgeous. And uh, it, it's a sort of a shame that Golden Globes comes so close to mm-hmm. this because we've sort of seen all these pictures nominated. Mm-hmm. We've seen the stars from them. I'm sort of mm-hmm. imagining it'll be somewhat of a repeat. And well, with no really, MC... though, The Oscars
10: are special.
13: Yeah, they are. They, they are,
10: are special. special. They mean more. Yeah. You know, we need them.
13: We oh, need absolutely. them because
10: without them, all we'd get is you know Star Wars, which was good this year. But I mean, that's all we'd get: that and End Game, and that's oh, the kind of Joker. That's the kind well, of movies what, that's all we'd get. What without do you the two Oscars. think about
3: when Scorsese said? And I kind of agree with mm-hmm, him: mm-hmm. these Marvel movies, right. I can't tell them apart.
13: That's right. No, I, I they're agree not completely. cinema. They're not yeah. cinema. And we don't show them, we show none of those kind of movies at the you know we were considered an art cinema when we opened, and we've tried to ride that line, but you know we've moved into a little bit more commercial to oh to yeah help you have a lot of different.
10: good commercial movies, yeah. a lot of
13: them and so they weren't available to us when I first took over seven years ago. we couldn't get them for weeks and weeks and weeks, but with our film buyer being having a little more influence and mm-hmm. the way our programming is now recognized, uh we're able to get better movies, mm. but everything on the big screen looks better, this is a mm-hmm. who Our audience tells us they have. The Irishman was on streaming, you know, day one, but people who came to see it at our theater said, oh my God, you know, what a difference. It's so Mm -hmm. vastly different on a big screen. So I think people still come out. uh, Almost everything is available on streaming now, and often they get it before we do. But that community experience and feeling of welcome and laughing together and crying together as a group, Mm -hmm. I think has really hit home with our community, and and we're doing better than ever. This is the highest ticket uh, traffic we've had for seven years. It's been huge.
10: Well, a lot of that's because of you, Allie. You really Uh, have programmed it beautifully, and these documentaries that you do and, and the art pieces and the theater People just go nuts.
13: We, the, art, the art stuff is so interesting because, you, you know, you never know exactly what the audience is going to like. But the series called Exhibition on Screen takes people into live exhibitions around the world, including Russia and everywhere else. And, and our people travel a lot, but they say they don't get to see these exhibitions. So it's a, mm-hmm. a real ticket to, uh, to a travel experience, too. It's, it's beautiful.
3: All right, so one more time, Ellie. We know it's going to be February 9th at the Lark Theater there on Magnolia in beautiful downtown Larkspur. And tell us mm-hmm. online, where do we go for the tickets?
13: Go to larktheater.net and just go right to our um, awards night, 2020 Awards Night site, and you'll get tickets right away.
3: All right, hey, Ellie, thanks for your time. Congratulations. I really got See you around. Thank you.
13: Great to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Take care. All right. Uh,
3: good stuff. And I know a few years ago, um, we were losing all of our small theaters. That's right, it,
13: That's right, Rick.
3: It felt like. I know there's um, on Solano Avenue in Berkeley and Albany, uh, at the very bottom, the Albany is still open, but the Oaks, the one that I grew up going to, that's been dormant for years that's and right. years and years. It's a and beautiful Sav- theater.
10: Yes, and in San Francisco, so many of them. It's just so sad. Because, so, I mean, that was really wonderful, those local theaters. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this is at least one that 's surviving and thriving
3: we 'll take a quick break we 'll come back and we 'll close it down in just a couple more minutes with Jan Waller
11: who
12: 's watching me?
9: Tittle ate two hundred chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now back to Fat Boy.
3: Couple minutes left with the great Jan Wall, and Jan, you have Jan Wall's list.
10: That's right. Forget but now. Schindler. I want to talk about David Lean because we were just talking about <laughs> William Holden and right. the Bridge on the River Kwai and Lawrence mm-hmm. of Arabia because sure. that didn't win. Peter O'Toole and Oscar. That was the, I mean, there's so many. You know why? Too much eyeliner. <laughs> that guy was so pretty. They should have called it Florence of America, ah. of Ara- Arabia. Florence of Arabia. Nice. I messed that up. But All right. That's a line actually from Noel Coward, but okay. Um oh, I like that. Um, anyway, um, there's a really nice movie. It's being streamed. And I don't usually review, but I'm starting to review some streaming movies because they're so good. Mm -hmm. And this is one of them. It's called Troop Zero. And it's, uh, it's a fine, fun family film that hardly ever goes together. Family films are usually boring. It doesn't work. This one is so great and fun. And if you're an adult, you'll still dig it. Okay, the year is 1977. The place is rural Georgia. I'm in the middle of nowhere in Georgia in 1977. There's this imaginative young girl who loves, everybody calls her trailer trash and all these bad bad names, right, you know? uh, Trashy girl and all that, because she's very poor. They're poor there. Uh, She's from the wrong side of the tracks. She's about 14. She lives for space. She lives for the sky and the stars, Mm. okay? That's her passion. Uh, Through a wild set of circumstances, there's a bunch of snooty girls who treat her really badly, and Mm. she recruits them to help her get a NASA prize, okay? And it's just this great story. Get this cast. 15 seconds. Oh, Jim Gaffigan, Viola Davis, and Allison Janney, who you're hating it, but she's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, she anyway, it's called Troop Zero. And don't forget right now to see Bombshell Parasite Jojo Rabbit. And this was fun.
3: Yeah, Tanya Harding's mom, Allison Janney, That's nailed right. that one.
10: That's right. And now she's in Troop Zero.
3: <clears throat> Jan Wall, good to have you back. All right. Your mic already got killed by <laughs> I on killed him. My
10: fault. Sorry. <laughs> good to be here.
3: Come on back.
5: USA Radio News with Tim Burke.
14: President Trump is bolstering his legal team for his impeachment trial set to begin on Tuesday. USA Radio Network's Chris Barnes has more from Washington.
15: Word is President Trump is now bolstering his personal legal team for the upcoming Senate impeachment trial against him. Trump has added Ken Starr, Alan Dershowitz, and Robert Ray to the team that will be headed by White House Counsel Pat Cipollone star led the investigation of now former president bill clinton impeached by the house and acquitted by the senate ray was involved in the clinton investigation as well
14: snow and ice is causing potentially dangerous travel conditions in the dakotas minnesota wisconsin and michigan dumping up to a foot of snow in some places ice will be the issue in new mexico and the texas panhandle and you're listening to usa radio news
15: If you're thinking about life insurance from low-cost term to business or estate coverage or perhaps a small policy to cover your final expenses, why spend more than you have to? Hi, I'm John David Wells from The Wells Report. Since 1986, AccuQuote has helped hundreds of thousands of folks save a fortune on their life insurance by quickly comparing the rates, features, and financial strength of dozens of top-rated life insurance products right over the phone. Want some examples? A healthy 50-year-old nonsmoker can buy a half-million-dollar 10-year level term policy for less than 40 bucks a month. Oh, you say you're 60 No problem. Under 120 bucks a month. 20- or 30-year terms. Even permanent plans are available. Okay, so you might have some health problems, huh? Lots of us do, but the experts at AccuQuote will still work with you to find the best affordable policy. To find out how much you can save, call AccuQuote today. eight seven seven four three nine eight eight three zero 439 8830 That's 877-439-8830. 8830 AccuQuote. Call them today.
4: policy points and availability vary by state.
14: The State Department says the Trump administration's maximum pressure campaign against Iran is working. During a briefing, Special Representative Brian Hook says the Iranian regime is in a deep economic crisis.
3: The Iranian people have now sent us over 88,000 tips through the tip line that the Secretary established back in November. We use this information to expose the criminality of the regime and to hold violators
1: accountable.
14: With the impeachment trial of President Trump set for Tuesday, Many Democrats are calling for witnesses, including former National Security Advisor John Bolton. Republican Senator from South Carolina Lindsey Graham is not a fan, citing executive privilege.
1: Now they want John Bolton to come forward in the Senate to destroy executive privilege. Any president would claim executive privilege over the testimony of their national security advisor.
4: They didn't even subpoena Bolton, and they're expecting us, Republicans, to destroy President Trump's privilege.
14: And you're listening to USA Radio News. The Ukrainian foreign minister is dismissing Lev Parnev, who says that President Trump personally directed an effort to ask Ukraine to investigate former Vice President Joe Biden, saying he's never met him, nor does he trust anything he says.
15: It's all all, all Ukrainian media as well, today and yesterday, and strangely enough, my name was not mentioned, although I'm minister of foreign affairs, and frankly, I never spoke with this individual, and again, frankly, I don't. I don't trust any word he is now saying.
14: The foreign minister speaking there on CNN. President Trump is hosting the LSU Tigers at the White House on Friday.
0: Today, it's about the coach and the team and that unbelievable quarterback, unbelievable players. It's really my great privilege to welcome to the White House the college football national champions, the Louisiana State University Tigers.
14: During a White House ceremony, the president says LSU has great players and coaches, LSU defeated Clemson Monday night in New Orleans, 42-25. President Trump also praises LSU quarterback Joe Burrow.
0: 60 touchdowns. I've never even heard of that. 60. In a single season, averaging a touchdown every quarter and won the Heisman Trophy by the largest margin in the history of the Heisman Trophy.
14: For more news, you can find us on Facebook at USA Radio. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg.
2: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh, my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
3: All right, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast and around the world. A couple more guests coming up in the show. We have Byron Bowers. He's a a stand-up comedian. He's in town for uh, Sketch Fest. Very hilarious guy. That'll be at 10.40. Very hilarious. I'll be the judge of that. And then at 11.40, we're going to have Jasmine St. Clair, One Woman Show. It's called a weird kind of fame. I guess it is a weird kind of fame. She made herself as a made herself known as a professional wrestler uh, with uh, big old huge tracts of land, as they say. That was kind of her thing. Rick, that's sexist. Sorry, never mind. She's flat. One a play. Oh no, Tom Brady's moving out of the Boston area. He sold his Brookline, Massachusetts house. He's moving to Quincy. Now, look, he's moving to Connecticut. Oh, how could you possibly play for the play for the Patriots if you <laughs> live in Connecticut? Oh, that's just not possible. People put so much into that stuff sometimes. I don't know. The hell do I know? 1-800-8, I don't know a whole lot about nothing, honey. Ramon, get me my clutch purse. Let's talk sports. 1-800-878-PLAY. Alibis, ugliness, all sorts of you, 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 you ugly girl. Uh, American Forces Radio Network, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, National Guard, Delta Force, Space Force, NSA, NSW. Not safe for work. We're all here for you so let's talk sports 1-800-878-PLAY tune in app by heart radio app stitch your app trying to make my voice last when it's time to change uh, also um, CRN digital plus 2 cable radio network channel 2 it's on your TV I'm on your TV HBO ESPN kinda and then the Twitter's at Rick Tittle come on back
4: football and basketball seasons are in full swing So, get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional sports. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser. Straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. You can even bet on wild proposition bets like who will win the NBA MVP? Get the fastest to market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, BetOnline.ag. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use promo code COACH55, that's COACH55, to receive your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts.
5: Products they offer increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term.
2: Do you owe ten thousand dollars or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness.
0: Check out Channel 9. Check out Rick Channel.
3: Thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. Somebody was making me aware of, like, more reporters and more people fighting with Aubrey Huff on Twitter, and like I said, it's just it's emasculating. I, I understand if somebody – I'm not saying I would never do it, uh, but I just – when someone accosts you, you want to hit back, I get all that. But um, – you know, I—it's just you're better off just to ignore it. I know it's easy to say, but it's true. You'll actually feel better in the long run, I think. And the other thing is, you know, Mike Fires was on the forty man for Houston, but they didn't activate him for the playoffs. So he got a 2017 World Series ring. Is he mad that they didn't activate him for the World Series? I don't know. It's just amazing how many people think Mike Fires is Gandhi. You know, it's even if what he said is true, he's still a snitch. I mean, <laughs> I know it's hard for people who are A's fans. Look, I'm a lifelong A's fan. I love the A's, I'm the only thing I like, but you can't say he's not a snitch. You can't because he is a snitch. Now, you might say, well, he's still noble. I don't regard him as a snitch. A snitch is a blah blah blah. Look, when snitches tell on organized crime, are they not exposing criminals? Are they not, you know, telling the truth? Usually, snitches are people who tell the truth, right? But but this whole thing about oh, I want a Mike Fires day. I want a jersey. I want. I'm embarrassed that he's on my team. I really am. I wish, and I like Fires as a talent. I just wish he somebody from another team had done it, you know, a guy on the Braves or the Mariners or the Angels or you pick.
14: <laughs> Someone on
3: the Dodgers or the Red Sox or the Yankees, somebody else. But no, I just think it's so weird that people wear it as a badge of honor. That's our guy. We have this snitch. Okay, great one 800 play So you're okay with cheating, Rick? You're okay with cheating? You're okay with cheating? No, not okay with cheating. I'm just saying, don't act like he's not a snitch. 1-800-878-PLAY. Are you going to get to Rick's picks? I will get to Rick's picks. Don't you worry, none. By the way, Antonio Calloway, I can already feel my voice going. Down the crapper, lad. Antonio Callaway might not be eligible to play at the start of the 2020 NFL season. But he will be playing professional football. Adam Schefter says that uh, the former Browns wide receiver has been claimed by Tampa Bay. Well, they're in the NFL. No, no, the Tampa Bay Vipers of the XFL. Yes, there is a XFL team in Tampa Bay. After 20 years, they're doing it again. He was a fourth-round pick of the Browns just last year. Flashed as a rookie target with Mayfield. Went for over 500 yards, 43 passes, five touchdowns. But they cut him because he was suspended for a substance abuse policy. And then when they reinstated him, he was late to team meetings, and they're like, okay, you're done. Now, at the time of his release, Callaway was issued an additional 10-game suspension for a repeat drug violation, and that'll go till week four of 2020 in the NFL. Remember, this guy was featured on Hard Knocks. Remember Callaway? But, you know, this was a guy who was supposed to be a first-round pick, and then his stock plummeted because of all the -the off-the-field stuff. He went to the combine, they gave him a drug test, and he failed. His last year in college, he was suspended the whole year. So if he suits up for the Vipers, it'd be black in Florida, where he was born and raised, played for the Gators there. And you know, if you think about the head coach of Tampa Bay, is going to be Mark Tressman, yes, the former coach of uh, the Chicago Bears, head coach for two years, and the head coach of the Argos, Argo, blank yourself. In Toronto and also Montreal. Sorry. Couldn't help myself. Anybody still with me? So, a little football news there as well. And uh, one more thing. Rick, are you going to break it down? I'll break it down. But how about this? Clemson is losing a quarterback, Chase Bryce. What? I thought uh, the quarterback there was uh, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, it is. But remember, they got Justin Fields, and uh, now he went to Georgia, and he bailed. But anyway, Bryce is a redshirt sophomore, but he's going to graduate. So here's the cool thing. He's going to graduate. He can go to any school he wants, and will have two years of eligibility. And this was a, a big state championship high school star in Georgia, And he committed to the Tigers, but he also had scholarship offers from Colorado State, Boston College, Cal, and Charlotte. So now he gets to pick his school. But this is the third quarterback to leave the program since Trevor Lawrence committed because Bryce's option was to try and wait out Lawrence. And he thought, okay, He'll graduate after next year, and at least I'll get one year as the starter. But they just got a commitment from D.J. Uwagalele. D.J. Uwagalele is the five-star quarterback coming out of high school next year. How about that? So he could see what's going on. Now he always could say, maybe I'll sit around and maybe they'll let me play for a year. But he went on Twitter, and he put a message out, and it's a long, long, long message. But it basically just says, Clemson family, I I wanted to stay the course. I wanted to be the best, and it's exciting uh, to be here, but I got a transfer. He Thanks, everyone. He thanks his teammates, the fans, the coaches. And he says, so thank you, Clemson family. No matter where I end up next, I'll always be proud to have been a Clemson Tiger. Chase Bryce. Number seven, now, I remember my dad when he was at Santa Clara, and Santa Clara was a national power at the time, believe it or not, and my one of my dad's roommates was a quarterback out of Youngstown, Ohio, and he was a fantastic star, but what they would do, and they still do it to a certain extent today, this is before transferring though, is – they would look at around all the other schools and see who they were recruiting. Like they already had their quarterback, but they wanted to get somebody so St. Mary's or USF wouldn't get them. And so this guy never played. I mean, it's going to happen sometimes. It's going to happen. And if you want to think about something that Chase Bryce did, that national championship last year, there was a 94-yard game-winning TV drive. This was in Clemson. You might remember there was two, three minutes left in the game against Syracuse. Syracuse was winning by three, and this was going to be the ACC upset of the ages if they're able to get it done. And Chase Bryce led that two-minute offense, and it was just sideline pass after sideline pass after sideline pass, and they worked their way all the way down the field. So at least he has that, right? At least he got in and he played a little bit. All right, is this the most huge story in America right now. Probably not. I'm going to say probably not, but as I said, we'll start breaking it down, inside out and upside down. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
8: Mom and dad are such a loving pair But the house really jumped when they sent square. They promised you those
11: kids can't do the park. I wonder if my, will ever my up at the night. I to see her,
0: and that is life, and that is of Imagine this is your money and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. They want your money, and guess what? They can legally take it. All of it if they want. Remember, they sent you that letter that said, Hey, you owe us a bunch of cash and we're going to take it from you. So what do you do?
1: 800-932-1749 800-932-1749 That's 800-932-1749 be published travel experts are here 24 7 to help 800-754-4531 800-754-4531 800-754-4531 that's 800-754-4531 uh, th- playoffs don't talk about it. playoffs you kidding me playoffs i just hope we can win a game
4: <laughs>
9: Ate 200 chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now, back to Fat Boy.
3: Thank you for that on Twitch in the uh, stream chat. Shan065 says, damn, it's so interesting. Isn't it, Shan? Thanks for tuning in. one 800 play little comedy component in the sec- next segment. Let's talk about the early game. On... Sontag, that will be at noon Pacific. The Titans at 9-7, and seven, regular season, at the 12-4 and four AFC West Champs, Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid is a guy who tries not to think about his playoff past. The guy that has coached the most playoff games without a championship. It's a career that is probably going to get him into the Hall of Fame as it stands. But when his Chiefs faced seemingly insurmountable hole in the divisional round of the playoffs, Reed caught himself thinking back almost four decades to his final game as an offensive lineman at BYU. He did. It was the Holiday Bowl. Ooh. SMU had taken a 45-25 lead in the fourth quarter. Everyone at Jack Murphy Stadium knew that it was over, and then the Cougars scored three late touchdowns to win the game. And Reed said, quote, that kind of stuck in there. You had that hope. Now, remember, they got down 24-0 last week against Houston, and they ended up winning 51-31. He said, you had that hope. Then it's the feel of your team. You're on the sideline. You've been down there long enough. You can sense what they're thinking, where their mind is at. These guys weren't flinching. Let's get it right. And they got everything right the rest of the way. And now they, that's propelled them into a matchup. A home matchup against Tennessee. What have they done? Oh, nothing. They just knocked off the Patriots on the road in the playoffs and then knocked off Baltimore on the road in the playoffs. Nothing much. It'll be the first time um, they've coached uh, this deep Mike Vrabel's staff. He's certainly familiar to his counterpart because Reed had the Chiefs in the same position a year ago. They lost in overtime to New England, and the Patriots won the coin toss and went down the field and scored a touchdown. And they didn't go to the Super Bowl. He led the Eagles to five NFC Championship games in 14 years. Reed said, I have done a few of these, and you know we try to keep it as normal as we possibly can as far as the schedule goes for the players so they can get their work done. One thing that changes is how fast the game is. I can tell you from experience the magnitude every time you take a step up in the playoffs, it's single elimination. End quote. Well, yeah, we know. And experience is good. Successful experience is better. And that's where Reed falls short if you want to hold it against him. I mean, his only conference title came in '04. And the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, and they lost to the Patsies. And who should be on that New England roster? But a linebacker named Mike Vrabel who caught a touchdown pass in that game. I remember at the time I was thinking, if they put a linebacker out as a tight end, do you think they're not passing to him? Is he in because he's a really good blocker? No, they'd use their third-string tight end for that. Anyway, Vrabel may not have any experience in this position as a coach, but he has lifted and kissed and whatever gross, the Lombardi Trophy there three times. And, you know, remember he played his last two years, if you don't remember, he was at Kansas City Chief. He said, I spent 14 years in the National Football League, and I don't even know how many playoff games, but those were good experiences about preparation and really focusing on what it – got us to this point and where we were at different points in the season, and then there's also things that I have to do as a coach to make sure that we're ready. End quote. Now, on offense, that means pounding away with running back Derrick Henry and then getting just enough production from Ryan Tannehill as they did in the, well, just think about that back-and-forth Week 10, the win over the Chiefs. I remember the last two games that they've won, Tannehill under 100 yards passing. But it was enough because of a guy named Derrick Henry. But on defense, that means slowing down the flying trapeze of Patrick Mahomes and all his playmakers Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, tight end Travis Kelsey, Damian Williams in the backfield. Tannehill said, I think there is a belief in one another, first and foremost. We've been through a lot this season, ups and downs, and won games in a lot of different ways. With that comes a belief and confidence in one another. End quote. And, and, you know, the Chiefs, like, you think they're not confident? They haven't lost a game since they lost at Tennessee. The comeback last week makes them think they can score 50 points whenever they want, quite literally now. They're shattering records. The retooled defense under Steve Spagnuolo had been playing better, and they got their act together in the second half last week. But Mahomes said, I think that with the Titans, the physicality and determination they play with is big. They're going to get after it and fight for every single yard. Their defense is going to fly around to the ball and not give up on anything. We're just trying to match that. We're going to go out there and give it everything we have to come out with a victory. Thank you. Well, as I said, Henry. Once again, picked with the pick after the Raiders. Fabian Washington, then Aaron Rodgers, Jahad Ward, and then Derrick Henry. And remember, I think it was Obama. I think he closed the Jihad Ward at Guantanamo Bay. But Henry already made history as the first player in the Super Bowl era to run for 180 yards in three consecutive games. Nobody has more yards rushing in their first four postseason games than he has, 561. He also has the three best games in Titans history for yards from scrimmage. He set the single-season postseason record rushing mark in each of the past two weeks. He threw a jump pass for a touchdown in Baltimore. And Kevin Byard, the Titans safety, said, quote, we always knew he was a beast. I'm just glad the whole world knows as well. Well, seemingly forgotten during this brilliant season of Lamar Jackson. Mahomes has also put together a resume that would have got him an MVP in 20 other NFL seasons. And he's kept it going in the playoffs because he becomes the first player to throw for at least 300 yards, run for 50, and throw five TDs in a single playoff game last week against Houston. Think about that. He's also overcome his ankle and knee injuries. Remember that one in week 10? Oh my gosh, his kneecap is shattered. That's what we thought. He's out for the season. He wasn't it wasn't that bad. But the Titans have finally gotten back to what they do best, and that is, well, you could say they run the ball well, but they have a stingy defense. They they didn't allow an opponent to score more than 20 points in the first 7 games. And they've only allowed two touchdowns on seven chances inside the 20 since um, Adoree Jackson got back the corner out of USC. Jarrell Casey, who's the defensive capman, he says the guys are just look, locking back in. Well, how do you stop Travis Kelsey? He became the first player with three postseason touchdown catches in one quarter against <laughs> said It's another highlight reel for the best tight end in the AFC. I would say football, but you got a guy named George Kittle, who's just as good, if not better. Kelsey said, just got to keep your foot on the gas pedal. Can't get too excited. Can't get a sense of relief like, oh, we're back in the game. Got to keep going forward and know that you got a lot of unfinished business. Well, look, there's some ancient history going on here too. Is it Mesopotamia? Is it the Hittites? The Titans have not won a conference championship since the 90s, 99. They haven't appeared in a title game since 2002. The Chiefs literally played in it last year. But it's been 50 years since they've been in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl four. That's it. And they're dying to get back. Dying to get back. Mahomes said, we're going to put the pressure on ourselves to try to find a way to win it. When you fall short of that and close that like that last year, the next step is to get to the Super Bowl. And we understand that going into this season and we know it's going to be a long season. We know it is a process. We know that day by day we have to get better. I think that's what this team is great at, just getting better every single day and then going out and fighting until the end in every single opportunity we get. Well, this is not one where I say the Chiefs are going to win for sure. I can't say it because, you know, as I mentioned, ever since Tannehill took over from Mariota, um, the Titans have been basically unstoppable. As has Derrick Henry. I think about that Chiefs defense, which is nothing to write home about. It's better than last year for sure. But I'm not dumb enough to pick against the Chiefs after watching what they did to Houston. And Houston was never going to win a Super Bowl, but they still had a pretty good defense. They can score 50 points whenever they're in the mood. Chiefs win this game. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
4: Offer not valid in all states or where prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details. Need cash but have bad credit or maxed out cards? Now you can get a personal loan for up to five grand, whatever your credit, with no paperwork. MoneyASAP.com is one of the nation's largest personal loan networks. If you have a checking account and a regular income source, you can get cash in your account as soon as tomorrow. Type this into your smartphone or computer address bar. www.moneyasap.com That's moneyasap.com MoneyASAP.com
7: When you're diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, a lot of questions run through your mind. What am I going to do? What are my options? What did I do wrong? We've had those thoughts too. But some questions can help you move forward. Visit findyourmbcvoice.com for an interactive guide to help you learn the next steps to take after an MBC diagnosis. And how to ask the questions that lead to an open and informed conversation with your doctor. Start finding your voice today at findyourmbcvoice.com.
1: Eight seven seven three six zero zero four zero two. 360 402 That's
6: 877-360-0402 I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really worried about him.
7: His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever.
6: Hey, look. I, I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill. But I was out of options. I, I just want to tell him...
7: It's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through.
6: This has to stop. I'm losing everything. Everyone.
7: You've been strong your whole life. You can do this. But you have to reach out for help.
6: It's time. I
1: can do this.
7: Addiction is a disease. And diseases need treatment.
1: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906, 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906, paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain
13: into a a seven-and-a-half-foot-long, 54-inch-wide...
1: Gorilla! What? Is that what you're telling me?
11: I'm about to have a nervous breakdown.
9: the only sports talk show that features a Rhodes Scholar, but he ain't here today. Now back to Rick Tittle.
3: All right, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. You know we love Sketchfest. We've uh, brought in and interviewed so many people, and we do it each and every year, and we're quite happy now to be joined by another protagonist of that great institution, and it is Byron Bowers, and he is going to be in town tomorrow night he's got two shows uh one at seven o'clock and one at nine fifteen this will be over at the uh the Punchline. he'll be there with vanessa gonzalez and uh ryan good case byron um this is going to be a dumb question to start off are you ready sir yes sir all right do you have any affinity for lord byron
16: uh, I heard he was a, he was a player of Mac, you know what I mean? And he was a, a, a great, uh, writer. So I do have, uh, some aspirations, you know, uh, and I'm a familiar with him. I even called myself Lord Byron at times, you know, <laughs> Lord, know. Lord Byron, Andrew Bowers, the <laughs> third.
3: No one's ever referred to him as a Mac before. I kind of like that.
16: Well, you know, he was a player. I don't know what they called him doing, doing those times, a ladies man.
3: Uh, I think that I think he was called Count Pimpula.
16: Oh yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Did he wear that collar with the ruffles around it? That's no, hilarious.
3: No doubt about it. Now, you you've been around and you have performed with so many uh, great comedians. And uh, what's that like to get into the inner, inner circle? And and they're no longer you know people you look up to, but they're your buddies. They're your peers.
16: Oh man, that's like asking what it's like to become an adult and kick it with your parents. Mm. You lose respect for all everybody. Not just joking, <laughs> uh, but it, it definitely humanizes uh, uh, the people you with, and you get to see a very human side to them, and and they become accessible to you, and you, uh, and then you get to go and see what they good at and how they got to this level, and it lets you know that you also can get to that level too. So it's inspirational.
3: You know, I always say. When I was 14, me and my friends thought we were hilarious, but, you know, we weren't going to be professional comedians. When did you realize, hey, man, I can keep doing this. I'm pretty funny.
16: Uh, I don't know. It, it was instinctive to me. Everybody, else was, everybody around me told me I should try it. And then I just kept bombing. And then instinctively something was like, this will take you to the promised land, mm. you know. So I didn't know what that was, but I just stuck with it. And it definitely changed my life and it has taken me around the world. I was just in Israel for a month, you know.
3: Wow. Well, you were there when all the bombs were dropping, huh? I was there
16: when uh, I was there when the bombs dropped in during Easter uh, when they shot the two hundred missiles from Gaza, and I was there when yeah the bomb dropped in Iran. So a part of me think it's me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is it me? Am I bringing this this with me? You know.
3: I knew someone from Israel, and and he said it's like a party because, you know, in all seriousness, there's kind of a fatalistic view of life, like, hey, man, we're all going to get bombed any day, so let's go to the beach and drink.
16: I agree. Uh, uh, You know, I'm from Atlanta, so it's like a a version of Atlanta to me. Like, when you walk down the street and, like, gunfire could come out, it, like, happen at any time. So I carry the same neuroticism. As a whole different group of people, and I think that's what's cool, and we also share good food but yeah it's 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 definitely a high level of of explosions that you think that might can happen, but it's pretty safe the times I've been that's my fourth time it's pretty safe, you know,
3: so you call it the jewish a t l
16: yeah, yeah, I call Atlanta. You know, I think that's where every black person should go for birthright. You know, I think every black person should go to Atlanta to see what the, see what our culture is. Just like how you know Jewish culture go to Israel.
3: Hmm. Pretty cool. We're speaking with Byron Bowers. He's going to be at the uh, Punchline tomorrow night, part of uh, Sketchfest. I know that you were on Guy Code, and I've had a lot of the Guy Code people in here, like Chris De Stefano and Andrew Schultz and, and Dan Soder, and it's just. It's a May P. Davidson, and it's amazing how many people went through that show. That must have been a lot of fun.
16: Yeah, man. It was a lot to do our version of what dating is. It's, it's weird to get dating advice from a bunch of degenerates, but they paid <laughs> us for it. So we 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 are the worst. You don't want to take any dating advice from people who tour the, wor- the world and uh, drink. We drink alcohol out of every bar in every, <laughs> in every country, you know, and then you want us to tell you how to raise your kids? That's hilarious that's a, but thank you m t v
3: yeah, no doubt about it um i I just think about um you know i know you you hang out at the store as well, and I was just down there last summer, and it's amazing how that building it seems like you go in and there's you know the original room and the belly room, and then it's just like you know you got Bill Burr over here and you got Eliza schlesinger over there i I can't believe how many different rooms they pack all those people in. that must be really exciting.
16: Yeah, it's it's a dope club to be a part of, and and I landed in old old 2008, and I think I went to that club every night for three years. Mm. Uh, and it's an honor to have my name on the building to be solidified in LA's comedy history. Like if I was to go now, like my name is there with Robin, uh, Robin Williams and and Pryor and all these other, like, legends, you know? Yeah, because, like,
3: outside in the bar, they have the little white signatures, right?
16: Yeah, yeah. The whole building has the every paid yeah. regular name is on it. And, you know, 100 years from now, they might not even know that I, was, uh, I wasn't I was on Richard Pryor level. They just see our names <laughs> side by side on the building, you know?
3: But then again, your name might be re- written next to Louis C.K. And, I, like, I wonder if Byron took his pants off, too.
16: Well, I mean, that's true, but that that comes with uh uh the brotherhood. Sure. You know. I'm pretty sure like there's a list of popes somewhere <laughs> out there that has to share <laughs> has to share names of other popes that they don't like, you know what I mean? But right. at the end of the day, yeah, we all out here poping, you know. Right. Well, Is that a word? Can you say that, poping?
3: I like that. Kinda like, you know, poping ain't easy. Yeah. Or big poping popin ain't
16: easy, but you know, <laughs> I could I could do a dirty joke
3: after that, you know. I know. It's right there for you. It's in your mind. I got you. Um when you were um when you go on tour and you're you know, you're performing with like Hannibal or or Chappelle or some of these guys, um do you have anybody that still to the I'm always surprised when I talk to comedians that are successful that in the green room they're still nervous wrecks or like if one joke doesn't hit inside they're like I'm a I'm an imposter, I'm a failure I mean, do do you get neurotic like that?
16: I do when it's prep time for, like, a big show. Like, last night I did a a big show. I was showcasing, Mm -hmm. and I was like, all this is trash. (laughs) And I went out, and everybody loved it, and everybody was applauding. And I was like, "Phew, I made it. It's always a thing, like, oh, I made it past another one. Like, when you take a hard test and you get, like, a C or a D, and you're like, man, that was close, you know. Uh, so yeah, I definitely get nervous, especially like if you on the show and repel there, or like Hannibal's there or somebody, and you have to follow them. Got it, you not know much pressure yeah that's that's like you know that's some pressure right there, you know, um, so nobody really cares what you what you have to say when you get on after them, and then you have to bring them into your world and the and the the older you get and the better you get. anything in life you you will be able to follow anybody
3: that's good advice you know um when you go overseas i know sometimes the audience doesn't get a reference like i don't know if you know ty barnett or not but he was in studio here a couple years ago and he said he did a show in ireland and he goes man right here in ireland the name tyrone means brave king where i live that means we ain't hiring and he said no one laughed and someone's like, what did that joke mean? And he goes, well, Tyrone is a predominantly African-American name. They're like, oh, now we get it. Do yeah. you ever have to explain your jokes overseas like that?
16: Well, some of my stuff is a little bit more personal, so it resonates. And some mm-hmm. stuff they they ask about. Um, but I pretty much do the stuff that resonates. But I was in a film called Honey Boy, yeah. and I had to go to Israel and do the release for it. And the film was in subtitles. And some stuff they just didn't get at all. Even I mean in the main dialogue, like they didn't they don't know what chicken hawk is. Right? Right. And to us that's a pedophile, but it's a funny name for a pedophile. Uh-huh. So when they translate it, they just write like homosexual. But it don't it don't hit. It don't hit when you say, Hey man, I don't want you hanging out with him. I think he's a chicken hawk. And they like, oh, I think he's homosexual. It's just a normal thing people would say. So they miss out on the jokes, and you got to explain what a chicken hawk is, and then you got to like almost do the Wikipedia version of chicken hawk.
3: <laughs> oh, I love that. That's too funny. All right, so you're coming to town, man, uh, tomorrow night. What's I mean? Speaking of uh, Chappelle, he got this punchline saved. They're about to close it. He came out from DC and got it saved, man.
16: I heard, I heard. I, I can't save it, but I can get them drinks for the for next week. <laughs> I can get them enough money to re up on alcohol for next week, you know. Uh so I mean I'm excited to come back, you know. Uh always love the punch time punchline since the first time I set foot in it. It's something about that club that's that's a that's very warm and it's it's a staple to the city.
3: Yeah, and you think Robin Williams and Dana Carvey and everybody. And plus, I've always been told by comedians it's the perfect size. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's intimate without being, you know, people on top of you.
16: Yeah, exactly, man. And people, you know, San Francisco, everybody's there, you know. Mm. Uh, and you could do any joke in the world and they would get it. They, they understand it because of the social economics of that place. You we're s- we're it's so not- smart
3: out here, Ty. I mean, uh, <laughs> Byron, bye. Bye, Ty. Anybody ever call you bye? I guess they can't call you bye, right?
16: Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I do get it from my my mother calling me bye. And uh, it, so it was a double entendre because I didn't date for a while. <laughs> so she was wondering, like, what was going on with me, you know? So, but, yeah, I've, I definitely get that from my mom. But it, it sounds more endearing when she said. it.
3: Yeah. Did you ever, did you ever call you yourself, did you ever call yourself BB Gun or anything?
16: No, 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 no. The, the streets name you where I'm from. Mm. You know, I had Do Rock, I had Beetle, I had Fraggle Rock. I had a few names out there. <laughs>
3: Fraggle
16: Rock. Yeah, Fraggle Rock. Remember them?
3: Yeah. Do you look like one of them?
16: I guess I did. My <laughs> head was shaped a certain way, so.
3: <laughs> you had, a, you were a puppet with big eyes, huh?
16: Yeah, they you know they name you for what they name you for what you look like. The first thing that comes to people's mind when they see you, that becomes your nickname.
3: Yeah, my nickname on the street was Fat Skunk. What? Nah, no, I'm just playing.
16: I was about to say I how you do I to piece that together. Now I, I got some doodles. I got some doodles and dookies that I know because you know that that time they met that person, they smelled a little funny. <laughs>
3: Ah, uh, too funny. Make sure to check out Byron Bowers. He, tomorrow night, is going to be part of the Sketch Fest. That's going to be at the Punchline with Vanessa Gonzalez and Ryan Goodcase. Two shows, 7 and 9.15. fifty Mhm
16: It's going to be great. We're talking about mental health. We're talking about sexual stuff. You know, you mix mental health and sexual stuff. Woo!
3: That, that turns into crazy sex, right?
16: Well, that's the sex people like. That's the forbidden sex <laughs> they talk about in the Bible, you know? <laughs> They're not talking about regular sex.
3: That's okay. All right. Hey, Byron, man, thanks for uh, you know uh, coming on the show. If you ever get a chance and uh, you come in earlier, we'd love to have you in studio, man. You're hilarious. Thank you, dog. I definitely will. All right. Good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back.
9: I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you.
3: All right, a couple minutes left, and now number one of two. Uh, we still need to uh, get to uh, our guest, uh, Jasmine St. Clair. That'll be at uh, 40 after. Plus, I have to give you my pick and my thoughts about the NFC Championship game as well. By the way, I picked the Kansas City Chiefs to win the first one. I ain't that stupid. I'm taking the Titans, man. All right, listen, anything can happen. You get to the Final Four, it's not like you got a lousy team in there très possible but you know it's funny after watching Trevor Lawrence have a bad game in the national championship after having the highest rated f- season in true freshman quarterback history when they went through the stats it's funny i was looking at this report about uh, you know his 46% completion rate much lower than his 65 but there's a report it said uh broken this is from a scout. Broken down passes, three sections, left side, middle, right side by depth, short intermediate downfield, thirty-two of his passes labeled accurate or essentially inaccurate, overthrown, underthrown, thrown behind. Um thirteen passes, ten overthrown, two underthrown, one thrown behind, one of them left. Amari Rogers hung out to dry, hit by Jacoby Stevens, visibly shaken. Look, the guy is six foot six, and he's gonna be the number one overall pick in the draft after next season that is a fait accompli come on back Hour three, the power hour. Oh, this is when all the cool people come out. Anybody can listen to the first two hours. But it takes a real pimp, a stud, to listen to the rest. Yeah, that's right. Rick Tittle with you. Monday through Friday, 9 to noon Pacific. Getting ready to start that third hour with you Not with you, but with you ch C-H-possibly-A-L-L. And uh, I'd like to know what what really is occupying your thoughts in the world of sports because, you know, we can get into impeachment hearings and Oscar picks. That's all great. We did some movie talk with the great Jan Wall a little bit earlier. But seriously, it's time to get down to the nitty gritty. I need to do my breakdown. Break it down. Break down. Breakdown of the NFC Championship game. If I still have some voice left. Also, um, I want to talk about some snubs. Drew Snubs, University of Texas. He's an outfielder with the Reds, right? Giants. Drew Snubs. Talk about that. And then Jasmine St. Clair. But the most important thing is, well, it's the phone numbers, isn't it? 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529 one 800 George Carlin, not George Carlin. Um, Robert Klein does this bit about, he went to a country show one time at uh, Carnegie Hall in the 60s. He's this bluegrass band from Tennessee. <laughs> he said, the crowd, as he put it, were 3,000 hippie communists. These guys came out going, how y'all doing out there? You're a good-looking crowd. You're about to play a little banjo, or a little harmonica right now. Woo-hoo! Well, I'm here to play some sports with you. 1-800-878-PLAY. Tune in app. iHeartRadio app. Stitcher, Twitch, all that great stuff. Uh, tiddling Sports with Rick on Facebook. Also, the Twitter is at... Blah, 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 blah. And my home phone number,
1: 510... Pfft, Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth
0: addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober. And...
1: That's 800-403-5912. And welcome to the show.
13: Liang Shanbo yi xing yao ba, Ying Tai fang Ying
11: Tai fang Li
0: Liao
9: <laughs> Rick Tiddles got a black belt in Keeping It Real. Keeping it
3: Riz Neil. what you got? Come on in and get her. We got another hour together at and St. Clair coming up. The Milwaukee mauler, just like Reed did his whole Twitter and uh, tweeted out uh, the me thanking him when he did a caricature of me from July of last year. No, what was it July of two years ago, July of two years ago. But anyway, at Milwaukee Mauler, uh, if you want to uh, see that dealio, as the uh, kids would say, coming up in the next segment, I'll give you my pick. The second to last Rick's picks of the year. What the hell? I want my money back. Yeah, because I already gave you AFC Chiefs. That's an easy one. But also, um, <laughs> you think about uh, the, uh, the Niner game. I got to do that one. And then, of course, the superb owl. and that is the Super Bowl, girl. Don't act like I did when I didn't. Well, Log Cabin makes good syrup about the best as anyone can, regular or buttered about the best brand And I think you understand that. Do you get it? I think you get it. one 800 play Snubs. Who didn't get into the We talked about Drew Pearson, and it was sad. He said it broke my heart. He threw things. He... Not in a violent way, but he was like, this sucks, man. And he's the only guy left on the all 70s team to not be a Hall of Famer. I feel bad for him. I do. And it basically guaranteed he'll get in the next time the vets meet and he's eligible. I mean, he's the guy, right? He's the guy that should have gotten in. We know that. And if you need a reminder, he played 11 years all for the Cowboys. And 70s, all decade, I talked about that. His nickname was Clutch. He was the guy that caught the first ever Hail Mary. When Roger Staubach said, I closed my eyes and said a Hail Mary. Remember, Roger Staubach went to a Catholic school in Cincinnati when he was in high school. We talked about that when we had him on the show a couple of times. And that was in 1975. Roger Staubach standing on his own 40, and he threw it, and Drew Pearson caught it at the five-yard line. It was at Minnesota with snow all over the field. So the ball traveled in the air. I mean, these guys, I mean, Patrick Mahomes probably throw that with his eyes closed, but that was considered pretty amazing at the time. That was his greatest ever moment. That was a postseason moment there. His postseason production, just think about Pearson postseason, 21 playoff games, 1,131 yards. 63 catches, 8 touchdowns, 16 half yards per catch, Pro Bowls, 74, 75, 76, 77, Super Bowl victory, lost one, won one, he ain't in, it sucks, Tom Flores, I've been over Tom Flores, and we, we've talked about it, and you don't put him in because he's a person of You put him in for his accomplishments. But another Raider I want to get to who I got to meet a few months ago, and he passed away recently, even though he looked great. It really is sad, truly. But Cliff Branch, who played just for the Raiders, is one of the very few people to have all three rings, 72 to 85, Speed kills. That was the sign in the end zone. And he came in in 72 from Colorado. By 74, he was a starter. And his first year as a starter, he led the league in receptions and touchdowns. Three Pro Bowls, two All-Pros. Led the NFL in touchdowns in 76 when they won the Super Bowl. That's when the Raiders went 13-1. and won. And he had it all. He was a dangerous, deep threat well into his 30s. Two touchdown catches in Super Bowl 15. I was there. It was in my end zone, that first one. And then at the age of 35 in Super Bowl 18, six catches, 94 yards. He caught that first touchdown pass in Super Bowl 18. It was that little slant against the Redskins. But he and Bolitnikoff and Casper, those were Kenny Stabler's guys, and those are the guys that, you know, I think about the Coliseum. I think about how the Raiders aren't going to play anymore. There, It just makes me want to cry. It really does. And then playoff games, he played in one more playoff game than Drew Pearson did, 22 of them, 73 passes, more catches, 1,289 yards, more yards, 17.5 yards per catch. The fact of the matter is he was better than Drew Pearson, so I know it sucks for Drew Pearson, Well, it also sucks for Cliff Branch. And then coaching-wise, yeah, Tom Flores should be in, but another guy who I have no attachment to outside of I interviewed him on a Raider pregame show a couple of weeks ago, and he's a Bay Area guy, is Dick Vermeil, head coach of the Eagles, head coach of the Rams, head coach of the Chiefs, retiring after each of those first two stints. Uh, led UCLA to a Rose Bowl victory over Woody Hayes Buckeyes of Ohio State. Then the Eagles hired him in the Bicentennial. Turned him into a playoff team two years later. And then two years after that, first ever NFC title. You think about the greatest show on turf. Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt. Having the foresight to bring in Mike Martz. 99 Rams, 13 regular season games, beat the Titans in the Super Bowl. Barely. (laughs) It was Mike Jones getting Dyson at the one. Mike Jones, the guy Al Davis turned from a running back out of Mizzou to an LB, but and then coming back for the uh, the Chiefs, and what did he do? He went thirteen and three. His regular season winning percentage is five twenty four, and people think that's why he's not in Canton. But he turned three franchises around. Now um, somebody threw this at me the other day it was Tommy Nobis. Tommy Nobis. I remember Tommy Nobis as a little kid, as a linebacker, but I don't remember him being amazing. But I did a little research when somebody said, what about Tommy Nobis? He was the number one overall pick in 1966, the first pick in the history of the Atlanta Falcons. Played his whole career there. 11 years. And the Falcons only had two winning seasons during that time. They were a new team. But, they say that you know he's Mr. Falcon, one of the hardest-hitting guys ever. And Tom Landry was quoted as saying he was as fast as any running back. And Mike Dick has said uh, he did everything. It's just that he didn't call attention to himself. But Tommy Nobis is known as Mr. Falcon. And quite honestly, like I said, because he played on bad teams – only two winning seasons. This is why he probably is not as uh, as recognized as he should be. I don't. I you know. You say Tommy Nobis. I'm like who? He's linebacker, right? And then there are some people around here that are upset about Roger Craig. You know, eight years with the Niners, one with the Raiders, two with the Vikings. All '80s decade team. First player, thousand, 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 eighty-five, four-time Pro Bowler. And he wasn't just thousand, thousand. He had 1,500 rushing yards. His all-purpose yards over 2,000, but that was the Niners won their third Super Bowl that year. Now he did have a fumble, which is uh, very um, memorable. That kept him from their three-peat. But the first player in Super Bowl history to have three touchdowns in a Super Bowl. By the way, in three Super Bowls, 400 even all-purpose yards, four touchdowns. And that's why the Niners are the team of the decade. decade, obviously of the 1980s the high knees out of nebraska i remember he never looked that big but when i met him in person he was my height he didn't know he would be 6'2 but um you know just a guy who uh he got her done as they say so are there some snubs there's some snubs i'm rick tittle come on back
5: Products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term.
2: Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs.
9: about anything else when you've got Rick Tittle on the radio.
3: Ah, bless you. Welcome back to the show, Johnny Carroll. You're so sweet. Thanks for reading what I told you to read. The Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco Giants. Both finished out the year 13-3. and In fact, had the uh, Seahawks beaten the uh, Niners in that game where Drake Greenlaw stopped Hollister at the one-inch line, then Green Bay would have had a bye. And Seattle would have been the number one seed. It's very interesting the way things turned out. But instead, the Niners got to sit there and get healthy through the first week, and then they came out and destroyed Minnesota. Minnesota, eh? And the Packers—they got by Seattle at Lambeau. Well, now they're on the road. They're on the road in Santa Clara, California. The last time they were out here, they got a beat down. <laughs> absolute, beat down, what was it, 37 to 8. And um, they asked Aaron Rodgers, what went right that day? And he said, that one touchdown drive, everybody laughed. That was week 12. It really wasn't that long ago. First possession of the game that day, Rodgers loses a fumble, and the Niners – have a two-yard TV drive. And the Niners broke it open. Long TD pass to Debo Samuel and George Kittle. Rodgers had the worst day of his NFL career. Sacked five times, 3.2 yards per attempt. And so Kyle Shanahan had a message for anybody feeling overconfident. Quote, don't be that stupid because that's not real. This is about Sunday's game. I can give a thousand stories of things like that, playing games in my history that I've been a part of. End quote. Now, there have been 23 times in the Super Bowl era, including one replacement player game in 1987, that a team lost to a regular season game by at least 28 points to a team and then met them again in the playoffs, and nine of those teams, the team that got blown out earlier in that season, came back to win in the playoffs. I remember very well nineteen eighty three. It was the eighty-two season. No, it was the eighty three season. Eighty-four Super Bowl. The Raiders lost twice to Division Foe Seattle. And the AFC championship game was in Seattle. Dave Craig, three for nine, three interceptions. He threw into Matt Millen, who had his hands all bandaged up. They put in that guy Adkins. And everyone's like Pfft. They beat the Raiders easily twice. They'll beat them again up here in the Kingdom. No, ding-dong, the Wicked Witch ain't there, girl. So uh, the Niners are one win away from accomplishing a turnaround that's only been done once before, and uh, that was with the Rams. They were 4-12 and in 1998, and they were Super Bowl champs the next year, partly because Rodney Harrison ripped up Trent G- Green's knee. True story. You'd say our season is over. we got this undrafted schmuck from the Arena League, the Iowa Barnstormers, a guy that was stacking tuna cans, and he went to the Hall of Fame. He went to the Hall of freaking fame. So the Niners can get it done. They can credit an injury to their quarterback as turnaround as well, and that is the fact that going 4-12 got them Nick Bosa, who's the defensive rookie of the year. By the way, Max Crosby had 10 sacks and didn't make the all-rookie team. And that's fine if it's Bosa and and, um, and Josh Allen. I get it. But those guys were first-round picks. Max Crosby did it on a losing team, and he was a fourth-round pick. Just saying. Just throwing that in there. And so Garoppolo said, quote, things have a way of working out. I always told myself it was a blessing in disguise, the ACL and everything, and, yeah, we got Bosa out of it. That's a pretty good trade-off, I guess. Things have a way of working out, I guess. This ride is crazy. You just got to roll with the punches. And as the Sklar brothers said yesterday, Jimmy, now that he's winning in the playoffs, can upgrade his porn stars. It's a joke. The Sklar brothers. Check them out at Sketchfest. But the Packers also had a, an impressive turnaround, to say the least. They were 6-9-1 last year. Matt LaFleur came in, general manager Brian Gutekunst brought in Zedaria um, Smith and Preston Smith as free agents. What did they do? Uh, between them, 25 and a half sacks. By the way, Brian Guttekunst was very close to being hired as the GM of the Niners before John Lynch stepped in. And Gute Kunst means good art. Gute is good and kunst means art, like rusty kunst. The Royals, was he third base coach? It means art. As an artwork, it doesn't mean something dirty. Get your mind out of the gutter. They picked up some guys that maybe didn't make the same type of uh, splash, but Tyler Irvin, Jared Veldeer, Mercedes Lewis. Veldeer, the former Raider tackle who signed an enormous deal with the Cards. By the way, Hillsdale College, Michigan, Division Two. shout out. Aaron Rodgers said, of gute Kunst, I think he's done a great job. I think he deserves a lot of credit, him and his staff. There's been a lot of great pickups. But I think I said this in my locker a few weeks ago. The big-name ones have been fantastic, but it's kind of the other ones that have been the glue pieces, I feel like. Well, this is a rematch. We know that. And it's a homecoming. I mean, Rodgers, obviously, is from Chico. Devontae Adams is from Palo Alto, which is right next to Santa Clara. Rodgers was at Chico State. Adams was at Fresno State. Neither one ended up with the Niners, who famously passed on Rodgers with the number one overall pick for Alex Smith. I think even more famous. Look, number one overall, even more famous is the fact that the Raiders passed on him in the 20s. And Rodgers said this week, I usually dreamed about playing for the 49ers as a kid, but obviously that thing passed a long time ago. Well, look, these are two great franchises. They've combined for nine Super Bowl trophies. And by the way, they've met each other a lot. This will be the eighth postseason meeting in the last 25 years. That's three more than any other matchup. In fact, the only other matchup to occur more in NFL history is Cowboys-Rams, and as mostly 70s, obviously. Green Bay, 4-3 and three edge, but the Niners won the last two after 2012 and 2013. Joe Staley said, We've had a lot of games, and we've had some big games in the playoffs. Seems to find each other during the regular season as well, and a team that we are familiar with. And a lot of great battles with throughout the years. Remember when Colin Kaepernick took off in that game against the Packers? He ran like 85 yards for a touchdown. So who's going to carry the ball? Tevin Coleman, surprisingly, got the starting nod at the Niners last week, and he—I mean—he didn't have a very good year, honestly. He averaged three yards a carry and 24 yards a game. Uh, you know, it was all about Mostert and Breida since McKinnon went out, but. He backed it up, and he, Kyle knew what he was doing. Ran for over 100 yards against Minnesota. Shanahan said Tevin's ran hard for us all year. Had to do with the opportunities he got. One weakness on the 49ers' defense, of course, has been Akella Witherspoon, who people were surprised that he started instead of Emmanuel Mosley in the last game, and all he did was get burned a couple times by Diggs, and he got pulled. Witherspoon has allowed... All five of the touchdown passes given up by the Niners defense in the past three games. Shanahan said he doesn't know what his scheme will be. Well, I can guarantee you Mosley's going to start. And then there's some brotherly love with the coaching staffs. None is stronger than the actual brothers, Matt LaFleur and his younger brother, Mike, who's the passing game coordinator in San Francisco, a guy who was interviewed by Cleveland. We want our own LaFleur. Guy LaFleur. Hockey, I don't care. And when they played in the regular season, you might remember if you were, well, if you saw it, Matt's family came out early. They spent the day with uh, Mike's family. They went on the field. They took a huge family reunion picture. Matt LaFleur said that's not going to happen this time. Quote, I think there's a little different vibe, so I'll just leave it at that. And I haven't really talked to him much at all. And it will probably be that way for the remainder of the week. Yeah. Uh, I can see why. Do you think Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh before the Super Bowl were hanging out? <laughs> you know, I mean, look, they pat each other on the back, shake hands, give each other a fake noogie, what have you, but uh, I don't think those guys were going over schemes. <clears throat> what do you got Flacco doing in third and long usually? I don't know. Uh, does Kaepernick have any tips from when he's going to roll out? They probably didn't get into that. Uh, Look, the Niners are all set up to win this game. We think they're going to win this game. I think they're going to win this game. And so I'm picking them to win this game. (laughs) No doubt about it. They're both favored by touchdowns. Chiefs. I'll be rooting for the Titans. I can tell you that. Woo! I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. (laughs)
1: What's in store this week at your local Staples?
9: It's time to start fresh with nice new pens and notebooks.
12: There's no better time than now to get organized with help from Staples.
2: Because right now, a 12-pack of Big Roundstick Ballpoint pens is $149.
12: A 4-pack of Expo dry erase markers is $399.
2: And Staples comp books are only $1 each.
12: So make time to save on all your office essentials at Staples. Where there's a whole lot more in-store. In-store only ends $1.18.20. Valid on assorted SKUs while supplies Oh, oh, oh,
17: O'Reilly. This is Jesse's O'Reilly Auto Parts story.
2: As a nurse, not making it to work was not an option. But driving through the snow with my wiper blades struggling, I just didn't feel safe. So I pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts, and before I knew it, an employee was offering to install the wiper blades on my car. I got to stay out of the snow for a moment, and I still made it to work on time. Oh, oh, oh,
4: O'Reilly Auto Parts.
11: I like you, but you're crazy.
9: Saw Rick Tittle at the laundromat last night, and I was hella checking him out. I just kept staring at him, and he played like I wasn't even there. I be like that then.
3: All right, uh, thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. We have Jasmine. Jasmine, are you there?
9: Yes, I
8: am. I'm right here.
3: Great to have you. (laughs) Jasmine St. Clair is with us, and she is premiering a one-woman show Called a weird kind of fame it's at second city la it'll be tomorrow night at 10 p.m and you were you know when i think about you the first thing that pops into my mind is howard stern i love howard stern he loved you um and and so right there you can have a show called the weird kind of fame just off of howard stern but you did so much how how did you get into this whole world of uh of uh, weird entertainment let's say
8: Well, I mean, you just have to basically come to the show. I can't really give it away. I mean, because that's the journey. Mm -hmm. But I will say this. It's not the typical journey that most people do have, you know, associated with like um, drugs and other things, whatever it is those people do. Uh, Because everyone's different. Everyone's got like a different story.
3: What was uh, somebody's? Did you say, "Look, I gotta, I gotta make a one-woman show," or did somebody suggest it? Because that's oh, a this? that's a huge thing,
8: yeah, isn't it? Right. So I was at Second City in Hollywood. I graduated their um their conservatory program. I did a few things when I was at UCB. I was doing a bunch of other like acting jobs uh, for the past few years, and I think I saw Mike Tyson's show, Undisputed. Mm-hmm and I thought it was a really good idea just something different to do I mean I don't it just it came about just one of those weird things I don't really think too much about it you know it just seemed really interesting and it's like a different way for people to look at you um and you know I've existed in these like subcultures the past 23 years of my life uh you know and yeah I thought it's time for people to know my story and it's Everyone that hears it, or everyone that knows me and my life story, or people that become my friends at some point, always get fascinated by sex. Yeah.
3: And did you know they always say that you're going to get a nickname. You can't pick it. So Blue Meanie was that given on you? Huh? Did you pick the nickname Blue Meanie, or did uh, somebody say that's your name? No.
8: Who said that to me? No one's called me that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at eight hundred pounds with like with a with an obesity issue.
3: (laughs) So yeah. All right. So um, I love that the fact that you're from Saint Croix, right? It's Saint Croix. Oh, you say Saint Croix? We say it American. That's right, because it's the U.S. Virgin Islands, isn't it?
8: Right. It's
3: not French. Then it would be Saint Croix. Okay, Saint Croix. So um, what was it like uh, growing up in the, the, the Caribbean? Because I, I just think, you know, you had a lot of American culture, but you also had a lot of um, culture from that area as well. What was
1: that like?
8: Well, I didn't grow up there. Uh, we left when I was three, and I grew up in New York. I mm-hmm. lived in London. but I didn't grow up in a really American household. Um, I always went to different restaurants with my mom, um, plays, like everything. Uh, so I didn't grow up in the whole, you know, boring bubbles just having hamburgers and cheese and just staying in the states like my first international trip was when i was five years old to london uh and i went there like every summer to see my family um i mean i live in other places too but i speak five languages fluently so i'm lucky in that back
3: you have that je ne sais quoi huh
8: je ne sais quoi no i don't have to say je ne sais je sais
3: ah
8: <laughs> i do know you see
3: Now, the other thing is I think when um, – did you manage the public enemy as well?
8: Yeah, I did. They were uh, South Street – South Philly Posse and XWF, and that was really – it was awesome. They were such nice guys, and it's a shame that didn't take off the ground because they had a really good thing going, and Jimmy's a great person.
3: So when you hear – when people say you you manage public enemy, they're like, oh, yeah, Chuck D., Flavor Flav, Griff – and you're like,
8: no, have been wrestling, right?
3: <laughs> you're like, no, the yeah. all right. So you know, I think one person shows, and you mentioned Mike Tyson, but when I was a kid, there was Hal Holbrook doing Mark Twain, and it was, in my opinion, one of the most boring things ever. And then as we, oh no, yeah, but we be, progress. You know the vagina monologues as well.
13: That was so
8: stupid. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> want to see that. It's like some <laughs> fifth wave feminism crap. I don't need to hear that stuff. You know.
3: And people should know, and you mm-hmm. know, you not you know, you did adult films as well. So that was like kitty stuff for yeah, you. Two, yeah,
8: that's like two and a half years. So seriously, I've had a much bigger life outside of there. You know. Hmm.
3: Um. But to do a one-person show, are you going to do mm-hmm. different characters? Are you going to do a lot of wardrobe changes? Are you just going to sit on? There's a like stool? three
8: or four wardrobe. changes. I'm not going to sit on a stool. Now, then that brings on low energy. Um. No, I mean, don't forget, I've been working on stage when I was at, um, you know, uh when I was basically taking acting classes and at Second City, like part of the graduation is you have to construct your own sketch comedy show with seven other people and perform it live for six weeks. Um, I didn't think I'd get to the conservatory, but I did. And it was this grad review. So I was used to it. And you just have to know how to use a stage. You just can't sit there. Because then if you sit there, it takes on the energy. And yeah, there are a few different wardrobe changes. I don't have like a bunch of bobbles and boobles and props. Um, you know, there's no need for it, because the story is there. Uh, there's different AV, like audiovisual, there's wrestling stuff. There's everything. Mm-hmm. So there's something for everyone. And with a lot of the interviews I've been doing, there's some people that are saying, oh, you know, I like what you have to say. Um, I'm not afraid to be myself. I mean, it's an interesting story. You know, how does a girl who's a Columbia, school, Columbia University graduate become, like, this whole figure in American shot culture and go into wrestling and transform herself over and over or reinvent herself, you know?
3: I love the fact that you went to Columbia up there in, uh, in Manhattan, and I think about, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing because I did not have the grades. What was it like when you got accepted there?
8: Um, so I did the SAT two times. The first time I got like, God, what did I get? Sixteen hundred. Like a 1220. Okay. And I got a 1220, 1240 the first time. Then I went to Brooklyn College to take SAT classes on a Saturday. And then I ended up getting, uh, like, a 1480 or 15-something. I mean, it's really, they should still have those, you know, because just to see what people's studying habits are. I mean, people don't even use, don't know how to add up without a calculator today. Like, whenever I go mm-hmm. and add things up, it's I do it without a calculator. And just kids today don't know how to do that.
3: Yeah, for me, and I know this is going to sound smug, but for me it's just the rampant misspelling now. It just drives me nuts.
8: Right. <laughs> Well, they don't know how to write cursive either. It's just everything is on this computer, and my hands hurt from that. So, I guess, um, you know.
3: So, how long is the is the play? Because you don't want it too short, and you don't want it too long that people are nodding off. So, what are we looking at? At around ninety minutes.
8: Yep. Well, I'll tell you one thing. No, no, no. I have the, the I have the ninety minute version. This is an hour exactly. But people keep telling me it should be longer.
11: Mm-hmm.
8: It should be longer because of the stories in there. So, who knows? Maybe it'll be like a Netflix special with, like, a tour. That's, like, my whole thing is to get a tour from it
3: mm-hmm.
8: and to travel and then get, like, a Netflix special or something like that, like what Tyson has.
3: Well, that's just it. I mean, I'm thinking about, like, this is going to it's gonna springboard you, right?
8: I mean, I think it will bring more people. I mean, I just worked last season on the Deuce TV show, so it's not like I'm – you know, and I go out for other things all the time, but I just feel like it will be something um, – to see me in a different light and you know because usually when you hear like x this or x that and let's face it like wrestlers they have their own talent but aside from like ryan Nemes, who's a friend of mine a lot of them are just crappy actors and they don't do the work you know um so you don't know what you're going to expect is it going to be someone that overacts and thinks they're like in a wrestling ring like what are you going to get
3: you know i was thinking about you being on the deuce that must be something as somebody who you think about the great writers, you got the guys from The Wire, and then it's about New York oh, and David
8: the, Simon, yeah. yeah,
3: and it's New York in the seventies. I mean, that's your backyard. That must be a lot of fun.
8: It is, and it like I really like that era of New York. Like I just think it's too clean now and the chimney like hipsters and it's just too boring. Like it's lost its character. Like Giuliani did not do us a service. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's no danger I gotta make it dangerous again. <laughs>
3: Well, you know, I'm 54 now, and when uh-huh. I was when I was growing up, it was all about Studio 54. And you know, I walked right. I walked by that in, in last year, and it's the theater now. It's kind of lame.
8: Mm-hmm. I was there when it was the wrist. Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
8: You know, like when Kiss played there. So um, Inveon Steam, all that stuff.
3: So, do you, uh, did uh, you work with James Franco then?
8: Yeah, I worked with him. He's a nice person. I mean. I feel bad that, like, people say things about him because um, he's just really talented. And I think that he has too many of these, like, young actors that don't get anything. And, you know, sometimes when people are me tooing, like, half the time with some of the girls, I guess, it's like you don't know if it's real or not. It's in this, um, it's in this thing we're in now where people just, you know, say things and you're supposed to believe them. And half the time, you know, it, it, some of it is, like... Self-inflicted. I hate to say it. I know that sounds cold and harsh, but it is. Like, you know what you're doing. You're a big girl. This is what you signed up for. Just because this person didn't help you out or you lacked whatever tools it was to do anything, magnificent doesn't mean you have to go there, like trying to destroy their success or life, you know? But yeah. karma is sort of like the bank. Everyone it gets put away for a long time, and then you get your day. It uh, comes out of that bank at some point.
3: <laughs> you make a withdrawal, right? you yeah. Um, make withdrawal, baby. <laughs> so uh, Jasmine St. Clair tomorrow yes. night, a weird kind of fame at Second City yes. LA. It's going to be at ten o'clock. How do people find out more and get tickets?
8: Yeah, so you can go ahead on the Second City website and they have it there. Um, and there's like a link. Uh, you can go to Second City Hollywood, or you can go straight on my Instagram, which is the real Jasmine St. Clair. No easy end of Jasmine, easy end of Claire. And that happened in my stories. But if you just go to the Second City website or call them even, um, I mean, you can use that thing that you call Google and, you know, get the number (laughs) and call. But, yeah, that's that's how we're doing it.
3: It doesn't seem like you have any butterflies, like you feel like you got this, right?
8: That's what it sounds like. Thank you. You're too kind for saying that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, Jasmine, uh, congratulations. Best of luck. And uh, maybe we'll catch up down the road.
8: I'd love to, and thanks for having me on your show, and hopefully, you know, we'll be up there one day.
3: All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back.
17: Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. I don't
6: even recognize myself anymore.
7: I'm really worried about him. His addiction...
16: Yeah.
9: Rick Tittle is a majestic stallion. All
3: right. Thanks for that. A couple of minutes before we uh, send you on to the next great sports talk show on Sports Byline. On uh, Twitch, Harlan Media says, hey, Rick, the Sports Byline USA web stream has been down for the last few minutes. Thank you for letting us know. And uh, we'll get on that. Apparently, the uh, stream is uh, down. All right. uh, Scott says it's already fixed. Okay, I didn't even know it was down. But uh, listen, whenever it's down, let us know. I mean, it's uh, definitely appreciate it when you people let us know whenever anything's not working, the audio's low or too high or whatever. One more little thing before I send uh, you off into the weekend, my darlings, is that the rumors of the Minnesota Twins being interested in D'Angelo Russell of the Warriors apparently has been ratcheted up according to Shams Sharania and John Krasinski of The Athletic. And the Warriors, to this point, have held off on moving Russell. They're in no rush to do it. But the T-Wolves traded their top point guard today. They shipped Jeff Teague and Travion Graham to the Hawks for Alan Crabb, a guy who thought the Warriors should draft him, and they passed, taking Nemanja Nedovic. Alan Crabb was the Pac-12 player of the year at Cal. That means Shabazz Napier is the only point guard on the team right now. And if you look at Jordan McLaughlin, is the only point guard that could maybe take over if something happens to Napier. He's not a natural point guard. They're not going to let Andrew Wiggins bring the ball up. I mean, I guess they could. But if you think about the rumors that we already heard that maybe Carl Anthony Towns can be involved, I just don't see any way that they would do that. Minnesota can't be that stupid. Minnesota by the way has asked the Pacers about Aaron Holiday. Um and um, we think about the close friendship that Russell has with KAT and wouldn't it be funny if they got traded for each other? I mean, if there the earlier trade we heard for the before KAT was Robert Covington. Robert Covington is a very good defensive player and he's a okay three-point shooter. In other words, he could be the next Iguodala, a great defender who's not a fantastic shooter but is enough that you have to respect him. I mean, he if you think about um, Russell making about $27.3 million, um, does, they'd have to throw in somebody else, obviously. But the uh, Timberwolves right now, they have some sort of plan or they wouldn't have traded Teague, right? At least you would think they had some sort of plan. Maybe they do want <laughs> Wiggins to be the uh, the point forward. I don't know how it's going to work out, but an interesting rumor, and I would love to bring K.A.T. to San Francisco. I'm Rick Tittle. See you Sunday night for the Video Game Review. Otherwise, right back here at 9 a.m. Peck Time on Monday.